usual co-host, John Newkirk here without my usual co-host, Matthew Lamar, but I've got our always honorary, always just ready to fill in whenever needed, and kind of actually tells us when to do this, uh, Max, our editor-in-chief of Rose Review, Max Reaper. I, I feel like I'm like a player manager of like Pete Rose that <laughs> pinch hits myself when I, all the time just so I can get yeah, some just playing so you get time. Yeah, just well, yeah, um, just to, just to bump it up. Also joining us from the deep, deep south. Uh, well, you guys know him as Hokaias on the site, but I don't call people by their names like that. He's this is Jeremy. We've got Jeremy who's joined us for the second time, the third time. Jeremy, second. I time? think this is the fourth time now. Fourth. Okay, I know you've done one. Okay, wow. I. He was on. He was on last last time uh, when uh, you were gone, yeah, and I yeah. kept. I caught. I called him Hokius the entire time, and he never corrected me. So. <laughs> Better to go with Jeremy, I yeah, think. Yeah, Jeremy's the way they work. Uh, Might be safer. Okay. No one will know who I am anymore, but that's fine. Yeah, I know. Your identity. Uh, uh, fans are going to be flocked outside of your, your house, just ready to burn it down. But, okay, well. want to so, know if I'm actually a computer. What did you say? They'll want to know if I'm actually oh, a computer. Yeah, that's a meme. That's a meme that really only the deep Royals Review uh, fans get. I don't know if the casual podcast listener gets that one. Um, so we've actually done, even excluding me, I think we've done some, we've done a couple podcasts like within a quick span. Am I right? I mean, this this is like the third one in like a few weeks, maybe. There's a lot of news, man. Yeah, it's coming fast and furious. We got the season coming up. So. Oh yeah. So we're gonna talk uh, a bunch of things tonight. Um, we're gonna do definitely talk about predictions. Uh, Jeremy wrote a little bit about the Royals, uh, well, today, as in Tuesday when we're recording this, um, about what could go right, um, and then we've also got what could go, wait, did you do right or wrong, Jeremy? I, I did right this right. time. that's what I thought. And then we also will kind of discuss what could go wrong with the Royals. Um, yeah, opening day is just two days away on Thursday there. Ticket prices are, uh, 45% more expensive than normal, so feel free to wait until Friday, to, or Saturday, I forget, are they skipping a day? I think so. Yeah, they're skipping Friday. Okay. Um, and it seems like tickets are a little less than they've – I mean, they're a lot less than they were last year. And I noticed that they haven't completely sold out oh, really? on the Royals. Yeah, they. I mean, there's still some – I don't think there's – I don't know if there's any group tickets left, but there are still single game – or single yeah. seat tickets for opening day, which wasn't really available in the past. So Yeah, no, they always used to be packed. Not, not as much interest this year. Yeah, so, yeah, Thursday, March 29th, you can definitely go right on there, buy tickets, and um, – I wonder what's. Oh yeah, there's a ton. there's there's a bunch open. Okay, well, I guess that's uh, definitely falls along with the the team. Um, oh yeah, you can get you can get like dugout box row 120 or section 120 like lower level, real close to the baseline tickets. I mean, it'll cost you two hundred dollars, but yeah, they've got them all the way up until like row H and stuff. Wow, yeah, tickets. Uh, not cheap, but if you really wanted to go to it. Um, okay, well, let's get started on predictions. Um, so as of this recording, the predictions aren't out yet. Um, but by the time this goes up, uh, they should be out or they'll be coming out shortly. Um, so consider this a teaser if they're not out yet, but I, I would imagine they would be. Um, oh, boy. So every year uh, on World's View, we have the staff. We basically make our predictions for the Royals record, uh, the Royals war leader for each position type, for pitcher-player, pitcher, p- pitcher position, 
and then um, all of their standings, the postseasons, and then the various awards. Um, let's just jump right into Max. What did you? What do you think that the Royals finished this year? I have them at seventy and ninety-two, and I've kind of gone back and forth on that between seventy and seventy-five wins, and I kind of settled at seventy. And I know that seems really pessimistic, but I mean, this is a team that won eighty games last year, lost two of their top hitters. Lost like five of their top eight pitchers <laughs> last year, including their best starter, yeah. a couple of their best relievers. So, you know, and last year they were 80, 180 games, but their Pythag was more like 72 and 90. So, uh, you know, the bullpen's pretty much a mess right now, I yeah. think. And, I, you know, they could sort things out, but there's going to be a lot of growing pains with that bullpen. I think the offense is is maybe not as bad as you might think losing Hosmer and Kane because I think they did do a good job you know, adding John Jay and, and Lucas Duda, but it's still going to be probably one of the worst two or three offenses in the league. And then the starting rotation, I think, is actually probably a little bit better, but not appreciably so. So, I, yeah, I'm not super optimistic. I know, I think Detroit's going to be terrible this year, so that might help pad their win total a little bit, but there are some really good teams that are going to beat up on them this year. Oh, yeah. I mean, I, you know, you look at the top, top of the league, Cleveland, Houston, New York, Boston, uh, even Minnesota, I think, is going to be pretty good. So, 70 wins, I think, is you know, it's gonna be. There's gonna be some lean years. I think a lot of fans are expecting that. Um, I don't know if they expect that lean of a year, but we'll see. Yeah, definitely gonna be some fun visits out to Yankee Stadium. It feels like every year the Royals play four games at Yankee Stadium. Um, and if they play, I have to look at the schedule. But if they play four games at Yankee Stadium, <laughs> oh my God! Imagine Ian Kennedy <laughs> facing all those. I mean, I think I'm sure it was. Because the Royals played Aaron Judge, the Yankees, and when Aaron Judge set the rookie home run record, um, and I think it was Ian Kennedy that got lit up doing that. So there's going to be some there's going to be some pain for sure, especially with the Indians and even the Twins. I mean, there you know, it'll be <laughs> it'll definitely test the patience of fans. Jeremy, what did you decide? What did you project? Predict, not project. Predict. I I went a little bit. Uh... <laughs> It ends up being on the uh, more optimistic side, but I I went with 75 wins. Um, I believe in this lineup way more than I think pretty much any of the uh, the other Royals review writers do, and uh, I feel good about this. The rotation, the biggest thing with the rotation is the injuries. If they can avoid too many pitchers being hurt too long, then I think they'll have a pretty good rotation. And then, like Max said, the big question is going to be that bullpen. Because it, it was a giant mess last year, and all of their best pitchers from last year are gone. So, uh, it's... It, a lot of it, a lot of the season, whether they could they could even think about going over 75 wins would, would depend on the bullpen kind of coming together and being a lot better than it, it might look right now. Yeah. No, definitely. I I had. Um, oh, by the way, they do play four games at the Yankees. Um, I don't know how every year they play four games at the Yankees. I don't know why that is, but um, I have them at seventy ninety two. I literally just changed it because um, I had them at seventy two and ninety, and so I said, you know what? I think Max is right. Seventy ninety two is a good fit. Um, as Jeremy mentioned, they have the bullpen is somewhat important, but uh, I mean, what's the best case? What's the best case scenario for this bullpen? Like. Herrera's good. Herrera goes back to being good. Herrera, and and then what? 
I mean, what else? Ma- Maurer, Maurer is uh, kind of shows that his ERA, you know, was underperforming his FIP, and yeah. he's actually a pretty good reliever. And even, even in that scenario, though, it's, it's like if right. he pitches well, I, I think he'll probably get traded. Yeah. <laughs> uh, you know, maybe Richard Lovelady and a couple other young arms, Miguel Almonte, uh, Kevin Lennick, Tim Hill, maybe some of the young rookies end up being really good relievers. I mean, yeah. that's that's possible. Yeah, uh, Justin Grimm could do okay. I mean, there's a lot of like... There's a lot of like could be okay, but like even if they even if they hit like oh they had a good season, a good season for some of these guys still isn't that good of a season. You know what I'm thinking? You know I mean yeah. Uh, Birch Smith or Blaine Boyer having a good season is like I mean, you know I I don't know. It's just there's there's just a good lot. season would be like half a win, right? You know yeah. like half a you know above replacement. So right. Yeah, not and, there. yeah, and the only the only guy I mean Herrera is the only guy protected to be above half a win. Uh, he's at point nine, and then Marauer is uh, Marauer Mar is uh, half a win exactly. And yeah, they've got his ERA and FIP just basically being in lockhead. Um, so I don't know. That's my biggest concern is the offense. I think I think we might be underrating. Maybe not. I, I mean Max mentioned some points about it, but I, I think overall some folks might be underrating just how bad the offense might be. Um, adding Lucas Duda definitely helped, um, but I mean this is still a team that's going to be playing. Uh, you know, I'll see these Escobars for 160 games, and then uh, I don't know Merrifield. I think is going to regress, and then you've got <laughs> Alex Gordon hitting 140 in spring training. That now he has to go, you know, get more minor league at bats against the, the the minor league camp and. John Jay and Bonifacio, the only kind of one of the rays of lights, is suspended for eighty games, and I don't know. That's just that's a lot of that's a lot of hurt. Yeah, I think there's more guys that you would peg as regression candidates than guys that you think would improve. I mean, uh, you know, Salvi probably going to be about the same. Duda is, you know, he's on the older side. I can see him regressing some. Merrifield, uh, you could probably go either ways, but. Um, you know, a guy that had a big spike in performance like that, you would at least be wary of him regressing. Eski obviously is on the downside of whatever little offensive talent he had. <laughs> Even Moose, Moose, you know, had a big 38 home run year. You wouldn't expect him to necessarily repeat that. His on-base percentage has been trending downward. Gordon is kind of a lost cause. John Jay, I think, is a nice pickup, nice offensive player, but he's probably more towards the end of his career than at the in the, in the prime. Uh, and then so like and then Solaire and Bonifacio would be guys that you think would maybe be on the upward side of things and maybe Montessi if he ends up contributing. But I mean, yeah, there's a lot of guys. It's it's an offense that even if they perform at kind of what you think they will perform, it, it wouldn't be very good. And yeah. if they if we get a lot of those regression candidates actually regressing, then that, that could be a, a, a really big disaster. Yeah. What do you think, Jeremy? Do you have any thoughts on the offense? I the only thoughts I have. um I, I try. I I look at this lineup, and I I you know obviously you guys have points when you talk about regression, and I just I keep looking at it and not seeing the regression and you know rose colored glasses or I guess royals colored glasses uh, that I'm wearing, but um, I just John Jay is like a legitimate uh, leadoff hitter that the Royals haven't had in a while. He's got the he's got a decent career OBP, and maybe it goes down some, but maybe it doesn't. And 
I don't think Whit Merrifield is likely to take a step forward, but I'm not I'm not sold that he's going to start regressing yet either. Um, I I maybe Moose doesn't hit 38 home runs, but I watched him adjust in 2015 to finally start hitting the ball the other way. And then when they started pitching him more inside in 2016 and 2017, he started pulling it. So I feel like he, uh, the biggest problem for Gordon has been a lack of adjustment, but I think Moose can keep up with that. And, and then just everybody, I, I think Solaire could break out still. And I keep seeing everybody could kind of stay the same, but if they regress at all, then yeah, the lineup is going to be complete garbage. You're absolutely right. Yeah, the the Musarka's point is interesting because, um, I mean, he could either be, it's kind of like either or. He could either hit for power, which is kind of what he did last year, where he tried to just pull everything, swing at everything, um, and then, or there's the kind of, yeah, go opposite way, kind of go more contact. And, if, I mean, if he can find a happy ground, you know, you could maybe have 25 Wait. to 30 home runs, and then... Um, you know, he still had 22 home runs in 2015. Yeah, no, that's it. I mean, but you would think that, you know, it'd be great if there was a best of both worlds with him, I guess. Because um, in 2015, ah, never mind, his walk rate, yeah, his walk rate was better than last year, but it was 7%. I was thinking he walked a little bit more. Um, he actually walked more in 2016. Um, but, of course, he was injured. Uh, Small sample size, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So uh, I really like I like the current Misakis. I'd rather him swing at everything because that worked for him, even though his OBP was was pretty garbage. Um, but I don't know. It was he he had one of those awesome seasons. So I think I think he only got I think it was once he got called out looking one time because uh, I kept track of that all year. And it, wasn't that the first time he even took a strike looking like he every strike he'd had was a foul ball or he it was swinging a miss no i'm sure he took to some that first pitch strike i mean i, I oh, would okay. have, i, I would think he did or like some 3-0 strikes or something um okay i must you i must have misremembered it was just the he hadn't struck out looking until then yeah i mean he only had yeah, he had the the one or two um I, i'm pretty sure he only did it once but i know he did it very few times and that's kind of the thing. he's just been like you know what screw it i'm just gonna swing at everything so that worked um, and of course, you know, he might've changed his launch angle and stuff. So yeah, I, it's interesting that, um, it, in it, his defense for not walking, he was batting sixth in front of a black hole for most of the season. Yeah. Uh, but you know, best, I don't know about, uh, yeah, probably best case scenario is that he hits really well and then he gets traded. Right. I mean, if he's hitting well in June or July, there's, there's no reason to, to keep him. Well, that, uh, Maybe I mean under uh, I think a lot of general managers, but you know Dayton Moore has maybe been reluctant to trade guys if the team is playing well uh, in the past. So um, you know, and I, I know I think maybe the, sometimes that people point that out and it gets a little overrated because he you know when the team was not good in 2010, 11, 12, you know he traded guys like Jonathan Broxton away and Scott Pitsednik. But Mustakas is a little different. You know, he's kind of a guy that's been with a franchise, and, you know, he's a clubhouse leader. And if they're reasonably, you know, maybe not in the in the race or anything, but kind of around 500, you know, I can kind of see them saying, well, we want Mustakas around to kind of be a mentor, and we think, you know, getting to 500 is, an, is, a, is a laudable goal. And maybe some of that will be just kind of, you know, CYA because they couldn't get a trade done. You yeah. know, no team was... 
willing to give them I what mean, they wanted. Look at look at what the the trade deadline did last year for guys like JD Martinez. There may just not be anything worth yeah, trading him for. I, I, and I think that's a really good point. I think people saw the dude on Mustaka signing and said, well, you know, we can flip them at the deadline. Well, have you seen what the market's doing for these guys? I mean, like, there's a reason why Mustaka was available for, you know, one year, $6.5 million, because no one values a, you know, older players that hit home runs, especially one that's only signed for the next two months, you know. So I don't know if a team's going to want them in July. Uh, or at least be willing to give up much of anything. So, yeah, yeah we might trade him, but, I, you know, the return's going to be, I think, per, l- a little bit lighter than oh, yeah. maybe what people expect. Yeah, it won't be great, especially since there's no Q. I mean, they couldn't have got the QOB traded halfway anyways. Um, but, I mean, you'll see something like that where, you know, the trading team basically, or the receiving team basically gets nothing out of them other than whatever performance they get and then let them walk. But, I mean, that's, I mean, the Royals... What's the minimum return, I guess I should say? You know, like, you know, if they're bad, let's say they're, you know, 15, 10, 15 games below 500 at the deadline. I mean, and Musakis is at 20 home run, you know, having a really good half season. Uh, I mean, he's, what's the minimum return for that to keep him? I mean, they're not going to give him away for, you know, me, um, but I'm sure that they would trade him for well, a I mean, flyer. What's the, what's, you know, why wouldn't you? I mean, like, it, trading away does two things. It not only does it bring a player in, and maybe it's not even a very good player, but it also opens up playing time for Chesler Cuthbert, right. which you do. You know, you, you might want to get a look at him. And Hunter Dozier could also, you know, be ready for major league action at that time, and maybe you want to see what he can do at third base. So, you know, I think it, at the deadline you try to trade him for whatever you can get. Sure. Um, now mean, maybe they see it differently, but right. I mean, I'm thinking. Yeah, I'm in the same camp. Trading for whatever you can get, but. I'm wondering if, you know, the Royals are setting maybe like an, uh, a minimum return thing. Like, okay, we got to get at least this kind of player. You know, we're not going to trade him for yeah. for the, uh, you know, Mariners, you know, rookie ball reliever or something like that. You know, I mean, I would be up for right. that because I'll take dang near anybody for the most part. Um, but, you know, I don't know. It seems like they're kind of, think... they could be stingy about it. The Royals might. I think the other thing you've got to look out for is possibly a similar situation to what we had last year because the Yankees, the Astros and the um and Cleveland all look like juggernauts still. No I I mean even if you look at our preview everybody pretty much pr- predicted they were going to win their divisions. Yeah. And and of the wild cards well who who really stands out to you? Not, there's not a lot there that you're like, oh yeah, that that team's definitely going to win the wild card. So I think you might be looking at a situation where the Royals can fool themselves into thinking they're still in it and they don't want to trade people necessarily. Yeah, but I mean, if the season goes the way we all think it's going to go, you know, it's tough to it's tough to see them being even at the deadline. And I guess even people, I mean, I was pretty pessimistic. And I think Max was too last year. Um, you know. I, the season started off just how kind of I think Max and I were thinking like, oh yeah, they're bad. That's what we thought. But yeah, then I mean they did find themselves kind of near the deadline, kind of still kicking around. So obviously the Royals as well have some sort of internal like, okay, if we're here by the deadline, we'll keep, we'll you know not trade anybody away, we'll give it a shot. Otherwise, and of course the external factors of you know the last kind of push. But um, I don't know. I, it's kind of really impossible sometimes to think what the organization is going to do. <laughs> You think they're not going to bring a Cesc's bar back? Well, 
I got news for you. He first guy signed. First, first guy, first guy they signed in the offseason. I think we're, you know, that's, that's on us. We should, we should have predicted that. Yeah, we really <laughs> we should have. have. Yeah, we yeah. Got the that's on us. Come on. Death taxes Escobar. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Well, uh, let's see. So basically, uh, I think so. Also, we also pick, like I said, the position player war leader and the pitcher war leader. Um, no surprise. Basically, everybody picked um, Danny Duffy to be the pitcher war leader. I picked Jake Junis, just kind of a wild card. And then um, another writer on the site, he picked Ian Kennedy. Uh, Sterling did. Um, I don't. I'll completely ignore that Ian Kennedy one. That's that's bonkers. Let's be honest. <laughs> um, but, He's not here to defend himself. Yeah, I, I'm going to pick on him, but come on. Uh, but Jake Junis, I'll explain my pick. I think Duffy's going to be injured a bunch more this year. Um, he was already kind of a little bit injured this uh, spring training. And people only get more injured as they get older. And so I think Judas is going to pitch 170, 180 innings at least. Um, and just kind of add value through that. So probably be a two-win pitcher or so. Um, which is great for kind of what he was and everything. I mean, his draft pick and where he's come from. So that's my pick. Uh, you guys explain why you guys think Duffy is going to be that. I almost I almost went with Judas as well. I think I'm pretty high on him. I think he's going to be pretty solid this year. And I'm... Yeah, I think there's the injury risk with Duffy, and there's also the chance he gets traded. So, oh yeah. Uh, but uh, I guess I just, you know, I think Duffy's probably the sure bet just because of his track record. But um, yeah, Junis wouldn't surprise me at all. I think uh, Junis is a pretty solid pick, and and yeah. I think they'll they'll probably be the two two leaders at the end. I actually almost went with Carnes. Oh yeah. Um, I just I really liked the way he was pitching last year before he got hurt and he um he's he's looked okay during the spring from what little I got to see but I I just couldn't tr- I trusted Duffy's health more than I trusted Carnes so that's oh yeah kind of how he ended up there If you think Duffy's going to be injured Carnes is going to be injured double that amount I bet um Well so Max you mentioned trading Duffy uh, it's you know whatever July 28th or something, and the Royals decide, okay, we're going to trade Jenny Duffy. Are Royals fans going to be disappointed with the return? Uh, I mean, I think so. I think I think most Royals fans, number one, there's an emotional attachment to Duffy. So I think the fans are just going to be disappointed in general, yeah. just kind of bummed, you know, like, oh, there's this guy that finally wants to stay in Kansas City, and he's really likable and interacts with fans, and, and, and of course, we, we're trading him um, if we trade him. And, you know, I think your attitude, like a lot of people's attitude will be like, well, if we do have to give him up, well, it better be a really great haul. Yeah. And again, like, you know, the market, the trade market's just been really weird this offseason. Like, um, I mean, you have a better sense of the Garrett Cole trade, but, I, you know, my sense is it's probably a little underwhelming for the kind of quality pitcher Garrett Cole is. And if that's the return for Cole, you know, Duffy's probably, you know, at that level or a little, little less probably. Um, yeah. So, I, yeah. You know, if that's what the market is, it seems like everyone's hoarding prospects right now. And so, you know, I don't know I don't know if the odds of them trading Duffy are very high right now because I think their asking price is going to be a lot. Because right. they're not any, under any obligation to trade him right now. They they have him for the next, uh, was it four years, I think. So um, they don't have to trade him. They, don't, they, only, they should only trade him if they, they do get kind of blown away with an offer. But I'm not sure there's a blockbuster offer to be made. Now, maybe someone, you know, the Giants... You know they they've lost a lot of starting pitchers already at the beginning of the year, and 
you know, they're the kind of franchises that is kind of panicked and and made kind of big trades like that. I don't think they have much left in their system, but no, yeah. um, you know, there are a couple of organizations that may decide they want to part with their prospects. Dave Dombrowski's kind of notorious for for trading away his prospects, so maybe there's a deal out there. But uh, yeah, I don't know. I don't know if the odds are that great that you can get a, a huge blockbuster for Duffy right now, just because of the market. So we'll see. Yeah, I definitely think, and the Cole one is interesting one. Um, I think he's only got one year left, but then, yeah, but then Duffy's for more, but Cole's a better pitcher and younger. I mean, yeah, there's a lot of kind of like add subtracts mm-hmm. with that, but, um, and then of course the Pirates had, were like, they have to, their weird valuation of players, like I kind of wrote about that they have to like go for guys who are, you know, not high floors, but high probability of success and the whatnot. So I think... I don't know what Royals fans would think about that, but I do think that a lot of the kind of the cat, not casual, but the standard Royals fan, they think Duffy is, you know, one of the top 10, 15 pitchers in the league, which isn't necessarily the case. I mean, Duffy's good, but I mean, what's this, 147 innings? I think is his career, the most he's ever pitched in a single season. Um, and that's, I mean, I don't know how you guys be, define ace, but how many? It can be really easy oh. to convince yourself that. He was hurt last year, but he's not going to be hurt this year, and yeah. he will be yeah. top pitcher. Yeah, it, it, it's so easy to convince yourself that. Right, 179 I mean, innings is, is his max, but the, he was like a half reliever, half starter in 2016, so that kind of helped a bit. Yeah, I don't know. He was good I last just, year, but I think that I, I think we see him. I think a lot of the normal fans thinks thinks of him a little higher than maybe the rest of the league does. I well, I so just, uh, good. I was just going to say, I I see two possible futures for Danny Duffy. Either the Royals trade him sometime this year, and even if they somehow did a multi-team deal and got the top three prospects in baseball, a lot of fans would be really upset. Sure. Yeah. Or they don't trade him this year. He's probably hurt a lot and, and kind of devalues himself and makes it impossible to trade him for the rest of his contract. And by the end of it, everyone's booing him the same way they were booing Mike Sweeney because of the injuries and the gradually diminishing performance. Yeah, or even Alex <laughs> Gordon. I mean, I don't know if people... I feel like I was just talking the other day about people were booing Alex Gordon, right? No, maybe not. Um, or last I, I don't know they're booing him, but there's definitely a lot of negativity around yeah. him right now. Yeah, and you mentioned a good point, Jeremy, about that where... Um, I mean, if he's hurt, you know, he's not he's not exactly cheap. You know, he's not making 4 or $5 million. He's going to start be making, you know, mid-teens here soon. Um, which is not cheap, particularly for the Royals. And if he can't stay healthy, I mean, he's a depreciation asset, depreciating asset as it is. He's only going to start getting more expensive and more crushing for healthy. So I think I'm in the camp of kind of move him at all costs. But uh, I don't know. That's, I don't know. He, obviously, when the Royals are going to be good again, at least, you know, what a lot of us are expecting, Duffy won't be on the team anymore. I mean, it's hard to see this team being good in the next four years. Good enough to compete. And if they are good enough to compete, it's probably unlikely that, you know, 34-year-old Duffy is going to be, you know, much of an addition to that. I, I could see a scenario where if he really wanted to stay a Royal, he might um, convert to full-time relief to try and deal with some of these injury issues, mm-hmm. um, as we've seen some people do before, like Kelvin Herrera. And I could see him being successful in that role for a while, but other than that, yeah. Yeah, or go the way of the Andrew Miller kind of um, long reliever kind of thing. You know, pitch mm-hmm. three, four innings, or maybe not four, but pitch, you know, three innings, come out of the bullpen. Because 
yeah, I mean, he would definitely be pretty fun to watch, just kind of her on it, like we got to see in 2016. Okay, so um, the little more split decision, though, was kind of all across the board for the most part. I think we have one, two, three, four, uh, four different people for the position player uh, war leader. Um, Max, who'd you go with? I went with Wit, kind of by default, <laughs> just because. So, like, Salvi, I was kind of thinking that would be the, the way I'd go. But then I figured his, his his numbers have kind of declined other than his home run numbers. Yeah. Uh, his defensive has kind of declined. And there's I think the injury risk is pretty high with him every year. Um, Moose, uh, you know, he, he was a 1.8 war player last year, even with the 38 home runs. So I feel like a lot of his value is now tied up in those home runs. Yeah, definitely. And so, like, you know, other than that, you know, I think Witt, you know, provides solid defense and speed, which I think that, you know, that doesn't – it's not really prone to slumps. Um, and so even if his hitting does go through, like, a, maybe he has a bad year at the bat, I think at least have that to fall back on. So I went with Witt, uh, but I'm curious to hear your your rationales for your picks. Um, I went with Mike Moustakis. Um, kind of the same thing with Junis, where Moustakis, uh, I mean, Perez is probably going to be injured. I mean, I guess Moustakis could be injured, and I think Merrifield is probably going to kind of regress a bit. Um, I went with Moustakis just because, you know, plays third base. I think his defense isn't as, I mean, it's not as, maybe not as good as it used to be. I mean, you know, we're talking two years ago, so he might be a little slower after that injury, but still should be good defense. Um, and just plays. I mean, he should be good for, you know, 150-whatever games a year. So he's kind of one of those guys that just adds value being on the field. I could see it being Perez. Um, but, I don't know, it kind of just went with Moustakis. But, Jeremy, you chose Moustakis as well. What was your thought? Yeah, I, this is kind of the same thing with Salvi. I just have this sneaking suspicion the injuries and all that time behind the plate is going to start to catch up to him this year. Um, and, and the concussions, he's had a he's had a few of them now. Yeah. Um, so that, that worries me. And if it's not going to be, if Salvi's healthy, then it's going to be him. But I think I kind of have this feeling that Moose is going to be healthy this year. I think his, I even think his defense might rebound. I think he was still at the beginning of last year, he was still dealing with the leg injury. And I think, um, it got aggravated when he got hit uh, by that Detroit pitcher. I forget his name. Um, Bruce Rondon. Yeah. The name Rondone. that was in infamy. <laughs> I, I think and that aggravated it, and I think that probably I know it hurt his playing time, and I I wonder how much that hurt his defense. So I wonder if his defense might rebound a little bit this year, and uh, make him a little bit more valuable. So this year uh, I I got a I did a poll on online and asked fans to kind of give their predictions as well because I wanted to incorporate that with our predictions and. For the position players, uh, Whit Merrifield actually won. I mean, he's up big in the polling. Oh wow! With sixty-three percent of the vote. Oh wow! Oh. And yeah, uh, with Salvi getting seventeen and Moose getting fifteen. So I thought that was kind of interesting. I thought I knew Whit was popular, and I think because he's younger. Well, he's not younger than Moose. <laughs> he's actually older than Moose. I think the fact that people perceive him being younger. Yeah. Uh, and kind of on the upside. Ned does. I think sure. maybe makes him. And he's talk. pretty. Yeah. And he's handsome. He's very handsome. Ned calls. Ned mentions the young guys one more time. (laughs) (laughs) The young guys. They're younger than him. Yeah. Yeah. I would say he's older than me. Um, And uh, it's. God, God, who is it? It's like Merrifield. I'm trying to think who else he calls part of the young guys. 
I think like Paul Orlando. Paul Orlando. <laughs> yeah, Orlando, who's like 31, I think. Uh, he's, he's older than Lorenzo Cain. <laughs> and then like, I think he calls Soler kind of young. And I mean, Soler hasn't been around that long, but I think Soler is what, 26? Um, 26, yeah. Yeah, I don't know. Hey, uh, you know, if you want to spill the beans on that poll, that would be cool. I want to I want to just shout out Matt Lamar for picking Alex Gordon as the position <laughs> war leader. <laughs> he's got faith, man. He's a, he's a true blue Alex Gordon fan. Did anybody did did what's Gordon polling? Oh man, I oh, you don't have don't see you. any votes for. Oh, oh no, I have in front oh. of me. I I'm, I don't see any votes for him. Oh, damn. So <laughs> I see one won. vote for Lucas Duda. One one vote for Lucas Duda. One vote for Jorge Soler. Three oh. for John Jay. And <laughs> John Jay. One for Alex Gordon. Yeah, oh, Alex Gordon sorry. did not see, receive it. So, so Matthew Escobar, Lamar obviously didn't vote. I think it's so Escobar got as many votes as Gordon, huh? Yeah. <laughs> no, that's not a good sign. And Infante. Yeah. Okay. Um, all right. So without diving too deep into things, um, so the AL East, pretty much everybody unanimously picked the Yankees. Uh, Dugan obviously had to be Dugan, and he picked the Red Sox. Uh, but then everybody else didn't pick the Red Sox. So basically we all basically see the Red Sox and Yankees. Um, coming out of the East. Uh, the Central, I guess, is what I really should have started with. Um, as you can imagine, everybody had, not everybody, but most people had the Indians winning. Max, you had the Twins, though, winning the Central. So so some of that is just me being contrarian because yeah. I think it's boring to, to go with chalk and just pick the favorites from last year. But I do think the Twins are well-suited for the regular season because I, I think that lineup is going to be really good. I think they're going to lead the league. Well, maybe them and the Yankees will probably be neck and neck for runs scored, uh-huh. uh, and their and their pitching's pretty good. I mean, I, you know they um, they've got uh, you know they added Lance Lynn and they yeah. added uh, Jake Odorizzi and Irvin Santana was pretty good last year. Jose Barrios is, is young and was yeah, good sure. last year and has some really solid upside. I have some questions about their bullpen, but they got something they could address mid season. Uh, but yeah, I think they're they're pretty well equipped for the regular season. I like the Indians a lot. Uh, in fact, I picked them to, to win the pennant as a wild card because uh, I think their pitching is going to be more suited for October. But And the Twins, I don't think, are well suited for October at all. But um, I think the Twins, yeah, I think they're, they're going to be really good. And they're kind of they're, – they're on the verge of, I think, something here. I think they're going to be kind of the team everyone talks about the next couple of years. And yeah. this may be the start of that. And Sano is not going to be out. I, he's <clears throat> suspended, which is, I mean, a good for their offense. Maybe not morally good, but at least for their offense, it's a good <laughs> sign. Um so yeah, no, I mean, I I think the Twins are weird too because now they're no longer going on this pitch to contact thing, pitch to contact mm-hmm. idea. Because like for years they led the league and well they lagged the lead the league in strikeout uh, rate. They always had these just contact pitcher guys, but now they're like, wait a second, what are we doing? So I'm glad that they're no longer going with that. Um, but Jeremy, you've got the Indians. Um, you just kind of following just basic, just like, I mean I'm the same, but just you know they're the best team in the Central. Are they? They basically they lost Carlos Santana, and I their lineup is good enough to to overcome that loss, especially if Yonder Alonso does anything like what he did last year. Yeah. Um, and their pitching is still their pitching. Their bullpen is still their bullpen. I just I, and I I'm not all in on the Twins. I think there's a fair chance. I remember uh, 2015. They were they were all oh, they were coming up. They were doing great things. And then in 2016, they completely bombed, and I kind of wonder if that might happen again. Even though I did, I did predict them to to take a wild card spot. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, 
like Max said, I mean they've got the their bullpen doesn't isn't necessarily that great. Um, and I mean, Buxton might not hit very well. I mean he had some flashes, but I mean, what's his name just got suspended? Uh, Jorge Polan? No, Jorge Polanco. Someone just got suspended. Yeah, Polanco. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. They're starting short. Starting shortstop. Yeah. So I mean, there's definitely something. I mean, they're not. Yeah. I, the problem is Are they have all of these kind of mid-tier, kind of like 84 win teams. They've got to compete with the Yankees and the Astros and you know the Indian. I mean, they've got to they've got to go up against these teams that are clearly better than them. Like clear. But you know. the Twins also get a lot of games against the Royals, yeah. White Sox, and Tigers, yeah, so they no, could. Sure. They could beat up on those teams pretty pretty good and and uh, you know get to ninety wins. Yeah. Um. So it, you know, it kind of cuts both ways a little yeah, bit. Sure. Um. And then I think we've all got so it's the Indians basically across the board with two people Max and Sean Thornton picking the Twins, and then basically everybody else picked the Twins if you didn't pick the Indians except for Alex Duvall who picked the Royals um, to finish second, and then 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 the dissension kind of starts. A kind of a flip-flop between White Sox and Royals. Um, I know Max and I have the White Sox being better. Um, Jeremy has the Royals being better than the White Sox. Was that kind of just a toss-up, Jeremy, or do you think that there's a clear difference between the two teams? It it basically comes down to, uh, like we were saying before, with the Royals lineup. If, it, if the Royals lineup regresses the way you guys think it will, then they're going to be just... They're gonna they're gonna stink. They're gonna be a dumpster fire. If they don't regress, which is kind of what I'm thinking, then they're gonna be almost average. And I'm not all in on the White Sox prospects being ready. Yeah, sure. So that's that's kind of where I'm at. And again, if the White Sox prospects are ready, if I'm wrong about that, then they're just gonna blow the Royals out of the water. But yeah, I know like Giolito. Put up some pretty impressive number. I know it's spring training, but Giolito's stuff just looked pretty good. Um, Kopech, I think, did well. Lopez, I mean, they've got a bunch of guys that... Um, they. You're right. They've got a bunch of these kind of high-variance kind of prospects. I think Dave Cameron wrote about that on Fangraphs. Um, you know, Mankata could do really well. Uh, what's his dang name? Uh, Eloy Jimenez could do well. I mean, they've got a bunch of guys that, like, okay, these guys... If they play and if they kind of live up to their hype, then yeah, I mean, they are, they're good enough to be a third-place team. That's kind of unfortunate to say these top prospects, if they play really well, they could be a third-place team. Uh, but you're right. I mean, James Shields are opening day starter. I mean, that's I it. think I don't think that has any I – I think that has less to do with the talent of the rotation and more to do with trying to put the pressure he's, – he's the veteran and he's faced that pressure before and they want to keep that off the young guys for now. Jeremy, I don't think you heard me right. James Shields is their opening day starter. <laughs> Big game, James. Inexcusable. That's, you know, 2012 race, okay. But, uh, I don't know, I just... No, you're right. They probably, yeah, I mean, uh, teams don't necessarily always roll out their best pitcher on opening day. Um, and the White Sox, well, yeah... I was thinking they got Miguel Gonzalez. I was thinking like, wait a second, who's behind James? It's it's Miguel Gonzalez. So I I think that they are definitely not rolling out. They don't have that yeah. much of a choice for the veteran guy. It's Shield or Gonzalez. So okay. Um, I think I think uh, you know if you looked at the All Star break, I, I would definitely have the Royals ahead of the White Sox on the standings, probably by a couple of games. Mm. Uh, it's just that I think from that point on, if the White Sox start calling up their young guys uh, and the Royals start trading away some of their guys, because right now the White Sox roster. It looks like 
kind of garbage. <laughs> but you know, but I really like the young arms I have. Yeah. Uh, Giolito and Ronaldo Lopez and Fulmer. Carson Fulmer and, and Carlos Rodon. Yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, and Kopech. Um, so I think their arms are going to be really good by the end of the the rotation by the end of the year. You know, once they kind of get through with the James Shields experiment and DFA him in yeah. June or whatever. Um, you know, their rotation is going to be pretty good, I think. Yeah. It's, um, so I think, that, you know, from that point on, I think they could outplay the Royals. And the Royals, will, at that point, I think, be, be much more in flux with maybe some guys, yeah. um, some younger players there in the, in the, in the starting lineup. They're definitely set up to be a team that um, two, three years from now could be – I mean, I think their window is coming – Just the window starting to be kind of cracked open. It's not, you know, mm-hmm. it's not being burst open, but it's definitely the – at a point where okay, okay, you could see some skill come in here, and then they've got um, a whole bunch of guys. I mean, like I said, Elo Jimenez, then Luis Robert, Alec Hansen, Dylan Cease out of the bullpen, Blake Rutherford, who they got from the Yankees. I mean, they've got a bunch of guys that, you know, in two, three years could also be kind of a wave. So there's some thunder kind of, you know, kicking up. Uh, but it's, you know, it's not here just yet. So, um Okay, and then of course I think everybody picked the Tigers to be last, except for uh, Ryan Heffernan. Uh, but uh, let's just sum it up right here. Give me one word to describe the Tigers: trash, <laughs> dumpster yeah. fire. Yeah, hyphen dumpster hyphen fire. <laughs> what do you think, Jeremy? I I'm not sure there's a word that can accurately describe them. Like as in tell tell the people tell the people who's on the roster. I mean, look oh, at their man. Starting line of, I mean, it's, uh, let's see. So it's Miguel Cabrera. Okay. So, yeah. I mean, Miguel Cabrera is recognizable. Nikki, uh, Castellano. But is he any good anymore? That's yeah, the that's, question. Hey, yeah. He's, and he, if, he's, he's going to be healthy for two wins. I mean, that's okay. That's pretty good. Still ish. So here's, here's the rest of their projected starting lineup. Dixon <laughs> Machado at second. <laughs> Mikey Ma took and left. Leonice Martin in center. No. Oh. Uh, Jaimir Candelario at third. Uh, Victor Martinez, who I forgot is still playing. Oh, He's God. a DH. That's right. Yeah, yeah. You know, that's uh, that's not a good. St- I mean, there's Jose Iglesias is okay. James McCann's okay. Um, the rotation. Jordan, you want you want to make fun of James Shields starting on opening day? Opening day. How about opening day starter Jordan Zimmerman, oh. who you have ERA over six last year. Yeah. Uh, Francisco Liriano's in the rotation. Matthew oh, Boyd's yeah. in the. Rotation. And Fulmer's always hurt. Yeah, yeah. I mean, at least Boyd is young. Yeah, but like Francisco Liriano, there's no excuse. Matthew Boyd is a Whit Merrifield young. He's he's 27. (laughs) Oops. Well, and Mike, I mean, they've got one of those. Okay, so this is a This is like a classic like projection system. This is this is a classic like I get to pick what numbers I want to look at because the Tigers rotation, uh, it projection by Fangraphs using their WAR, which is you know fit based. Michael Fulmer, three wins. Jordan Zimmerman, 1.3. Fires, 1.1. Boyd, 1.2. Liriano, 1.3. Norris, 1.4. They've got one, two, three, four, five pitchers, basically being a one and a half win pitchers. And then they've got Fulmer at three wins. So they're 10, 10 wins for their bullpen they've got calculated. I mean, if you like the projections, I mean, if you buy them, and I, you know, I, I think that they're well founded at least, they actually don't look like too bad of a rotation. Not great. But, you know, not awful. Um, but that's if you buy them. And so that's something where it's like if the, you know, if I was like, oh, the Royals rotation is predicted to be 10 wins, you know, here's all the thing, blah, blah, blah. People are like, oh, yeah, that makes sense. 
But then, you know, if it's the Tigers, some people are like, oh, no, 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 it's way over. So <laughs> I think and I think, th- I think go, it's not that ahead. bad. Yeah, I think Zimmerman is a bounce-back candidate. Yeah. yeah. And Fulmer, I think, is really good. Francisco Lariano, I mean, I think he's about the end of the line. And Matthew Boyd, I've never been – he always seems to do well against the Royals, but, you know, he, I'm just not impressed by him. And then, like, after that, they just have no depth. It's like Buck Farmer and a bunch of guys in AAA that probably shouldn't be in the big leagues. I mean, it's just they, they've – their farm system is just, you know, an inch ahead of ours because they've started the rebuild before we did. Uh, so I, you know, I don't. No, I get that. I, if there's if they have an injury of yeah. any sort, you know, like I said, Fulmer's hurt a lot. Right, he's hurt. Their and, their rotation is terrible. And ten wins is the twenty fifth best. You know, I mean, it's still yeah. not even that great. But I mean, it's yeah. I mean, I don't know. They're not. At least they're not. Well, the Orioles are basically Kevin Gossman and everybody. Oh, I guess they have Alex Cobb now. I see. the Orioles are basically just two pitchers, and then everything else is bad. But um, all right. So, and then in the West, this would be kind of a fun one. Obviously, if we were to pick the Astros. That's kind of an easy one. Um, I would have definitely made fun of anybody who didn't pick the Astros, even if even if they were right at this time next year. I still would have uh, felt uh, in just doing that. But then there's a little bit of turmoil, kind of overall. I wish Alex was here to explain the Mariners, but most of us picked the Angels to both win the West, and also make the wild card. Um, I don't know. General thoughts on that? Kind of anybody particularly high on the Angels or just maybe aren't that high on the rest of the AL wild card contenders? I'm not that high on the Angels. I think they'll finish second just because I think they're, they'll be mediocre and the other teams in the West are kind of bad. <laughs> but, but uh, you know, they – they still had a pretty thin roster, and I, I, I like the moves they made this offseason. I think they made they had a good offseason, but um, you know I think they kind of just went from being a poor team to a mediocre team. Uh, you know I think Otani will be good. I know there's some concerns after spring training, but I, I don't think he's you know I think he's gonna be good, but probably not mm-hmm. like superstar his not first Babe year. Ruth. Yeah, yeah, and so you know I, I think they'll be okay, probably in the mix, but maybe on the outside looking in. Uh, you mentioned Alex Duvall picked pick the Mariners. He's the only one to pick the Mariners second uh, and in the wild card. And I think the Mariners could be good, or they could be just, like, terrible. Like, I can't figure them out at all. And, they, I mean, number one, because it's hard to figure out who's on the roster because they trade guys, like, every <laughs> yeah. single week. But, uh, you know, they, it seems like they, it seems like they're kind of picking up some good players, and they've got some decent players there. But then you look at some of their – like, you look at their starting rotation, yeah. you're like, ugh, that's – that's kind of scary. So I don't know. Like they could be good, and and we're just not seeing it. But most likely, I think the Angels seem like a pretty solid second place team. Yeah, they're, the Mariners are like a first baseman away from being a little more safe. I mean, Ryan Healy is basically a replacement level, and then Vogelbach is kind of. So yeah, they've got. They're kind of like, yeah, they're in that like, what are they going to be kind of mode? Because they've got a couple legitimately very good players. I mean. Kyle Seeger, uh, James Paxton, Cano's still pretty decent, uh, Cruz. I mean, they've got a couple of Zanino kind of turning around. So, And then Edwin Diaz, they've got an elite closer. I mean, they've got a bunch of makings of a good team. But then it's just kind of like, well, they've also got to play the Astros. And then they've also got to play the Angels a bunch. You know, it, it's something that it just kind of tough to be like, oh, okay, this is a playoff team, you know? You guys are shaking your heads, right? <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, I don't, I don't really see them being good this year. Uh, but you know, they're 
heck, their roster in July could look a lot different than it does now. So, uh, you know, like I said, they've got some pieces to build around. Um, There's just not – they're kind of stuck in no man's land, really, because they're not – they're definitely not a super team, but they're definitely not at the bottom of the barrel. Like, I think the A's and Rangers are. I mean, the A's are kind of interesting. They're kind of – I could kind of see them being a high-variance team, too, just because they've got some – they've got a lot of young players. They, They are really young. Um, and so I can see them kind of being good if those guys take a step. Um, but th- there's also going to be a lot of, you know, lumps. Yeah. So they're probably going to be, you know, in 90 lost territory. But I was gonna, the Rangers, I don't know. Like, I, they seem really bad to me. I don't, and that kind no. of surprised me when I looked at the roster because, you know, I'm kind of used to them being pretty decent. And, and I don't. I think maybe I've been underestimating them for, for like the last five years. I keep thinking they're going to be bad and they're not. But, I don't know, the roster looked kind of crummy to me. Like, oh, you're right. They've yeah. got a couple good starting pitchers, but then um, their lineup is kind of con- con- contingent on a lot of yeah. Belcher, guys kind good. of yeah. you know, being – yeah, Belcher, how much does he have left? Shin Su Chu, is he pretty much done? Right. Um, you know, Joey Gallo, yeah. is no, he – Joey Gallo going to be any good? So, I, you know. Yeah. No, I'm with you. I don't I, know. They, they could be really good. There's some talented players there. I just don't know how they – it didn't seem like they're a team that kind of fits together very yeah. well. No, never get think... bet against Beltre though. Yeah, I know. I yeah, yeah, he's still projected for the three wins. Oh my goodness, he's so that's insane. Um, Hall of Famer. Uh, yeah, I think most. Well, yeah, I mean, basically, I think for most of us, it was a toss up. Not maybe not a toss up, but it was definitely Rangers A's in the back half. Uh, yeah. I mean, the back. Yeah, whatever it is, back two. Um, so the NL East. Do you... Oh, go ahead. No. Yeah, do you do you think it's uh, bad for baseball that the American League seems, and we could be wrong, but it seems very predictable and like, and maybe that's because some so many teams are kind of tanking and huh. we have these super teams. I don't know. Is that good or bad? I mean, no, I don't necessarily think so. I don't know if this is a perfect analogy, but like, this is kind of like the Premier League in soccer, where basically Premier League is just four teams or five teams. Um, right. It's you know. Man U, Man City, Chelsea, Arsenal, and then Tottenham is up there. I mean, and, you know, Leicester, Liverpool. Like, there's four teams that dominate, four or five teams that dominate every single year. The only competitors every single year, uh, you know, save for Leicester uh, one year. So EPL just signed one of the biggest, you know, TV contracts in, you know, soccer history. So it's not stopping them. I mean, people still watch EPL games. They're still on NBC Sports every single Saturday, and people tune in and watch. I mean, there's nothing – competition is not an issue with the EPL as far as from viewership, from enjoyment. I think with baseball, I mean, as long as the top teams aren't the A's and the Rays and, uh, I don't know, the Marlins, like as long as it's not those teams that are like the easy, like, okay – Everybody else sucks but these guys. If it's the Yankees and it's the Red Sox and it's the Astros and it's the Nationals, um, the Dodgers, the Cubs, I mean, these super teams, as long as they're big teams, no. I mean, I I think that's going to be great for baseball viewership and baseball as a whole. Um, But it also gives – it also kind of allows the smaller teams the ability to just suck, to be honest. I mean, they're they're just going (laughs) to suck. But that's what they need. They need to be bad so that they can build their farm system up and compete. So I mean, I think it's a win-win. It's maybe not great television to watch the manner, or you know, the the A's and the Rangers play each other on a Tuesday night. Um, but I mean, ah, no, I, I think it's fine. Jeremy, what do you think? 
I you brought up the uh, the Premier League. I was thinking of the NFL, where the same four teams dominate the playoffs from the AFC yeah. every year. Oh, yeah. So it's and the and the NFL is doing just fine too, so far as I could tell. Um, so basically the same the same idea. I and you made a great point about you know where are these teams coming from? They're coming from the the big cities. The Rangers and A's aren't going to be a good matchup on a on a Tuesday night. But even if they were a good matchup, nobody would be watching. Yeah, yeah. yeah and I mean, it's good. I mean, it's good for... Even, I'm going to make a kind of a weird case here, but I think it's good for the little guys, the Rays and the Royals and those small market teams kind of... Well, the Rays aren't that... But, you know, the Pirates, the Reds, the Royals, um, to have these juggernaut New York teams and L.A. teams because... The money, and it's the Reaganomics. I mean, the money comes down to them. The more money the Yankees make, the more money the Royals make. And the more yeah. money baseball makes, the more money the Royals make. The more ability they have to spend $150, $160 million when they need to. Without that, without the Yankees, you know, having this gigantic sports network or the Dodgers and Angels signing these huge TV deals, I mean, the Royals might not have been able to support $160 million payroll if they're not getting... Hundred and twenty million from the MLB, you know, for free, basically. So I don't know. I think it is. So you guys are all nodding your head, right? <laughs> okay. I don't... Yeah, you know, I I think I yeah I agree with a lot of what you what, what you guys said. I just uh, if 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 it does become kind of the same teams every year, and it probably will. I think you'll you'll probably see some surprise teams every once in a while. But I think it does. I don't know. I th- I feel like this should be a problem if. It's kind of the same thing. But you guys, I guess, provide some pretty good counterexamples. But I'm just thinking of, like, college basketball where you do have, like, the Blue Bloods who are kind of predicted to win the tournament every year. Mm-hmm. But then a Loyola yeah. pops up yeah. and, and makes it to the Final Four. And that's really exciting, and, and I think people get into it. But, uh, you know, we'll see. I don't like – just because it's predictable in, in March doesn't mean yeah. that's who we'll have in October. So we'll see. Have you guys opened – And, of course – have you? Oh, sorry. Go ahead, Jeremy. I I was just going to say, of course, part of the reason it's so exciting that Loyola shows up where it does is because they there should be no way they should be able to do that, right? Yeah. So the same thing for the for the little guys. When the Royals showed up in the playoffs, everyone said, "Who? What? Ow!" Yeah, yeah. Give you guys open your brackets like for like the past few weeks at all. I gave up. I stopped. I said, "You know what? Forget it. I'm not going to open mine anymore." With how bad it is. I don't uh, know anything about basketball, so I just uh. I just threw <laughs> things at the board. I said, ah, uh, I should pick an upset about now. Well, Max, and that's that's just how I did it. You're a Kansas fan. Did you pick MU or did you, MU? Did you pick KU uh, going very far? Uh, yeah, I always I pick them every year to win it all, just because not because <laughs> I think they will, but yeah. because if they do and I didn't pick them, I'll feel really <laughs> happy about it. Yeah. But uh, in my office pool, in my offices, I are. My, I work remotely, and my office is actually in Virginia. Uh, so my, everyone, everyone in my office picked Virginia. Oh, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, so yeah, I'm yeah. like the only guy that picked Kansas, <laughs> and I've got a really good chance of winning our pool now if nice. Kansas wins. If Villanova wins, oh. then uh, I won't win. But uh, so I, I'm, I've got a vested interest now in yeah. KU pulling off. Okay, so with the NL East, a little bit of the same Nationals. Everybody picked the Nationals to win it. Um, you know, I just now noticed this, Jeremy. What are you talk? What are you doing here with the Phillies winning the wild card? I I felt it was time for an upset. 
So I just threw one in there. I don't know. They have they have some young guys that uh, that I really like. Um, they did a couple things in the off season. I can't remember what they were now. Ariet, like but, Ariet, um, one. Yeah. Oh, Santana, Santana, yeah. And and then they they they're the ones that have that kid who hit like all the home runs, didn't they? Reese Hoskins. Hoskins, yeah. Yeah. So they they have some some guys that I think. I think they might they might surprise some people and uh, uh I I'm not a big I don't buy the Diamondbacks and the Rockies. So hmm. I just I just threw a wild card in there. Okay. So uh, Sean, I want to I want to play yeah. a quick game with you. Uh yeah. let's play the game of whose rebuild is going better <laughs> between okay. the the Phillies and the Braves because I feel like they kind of went kind of went through it at the same time yeah. and they've kind of been crummy together. So who's, I think, who's doing a better job? I think if you took the classic view of who has the most and better prospects, because that's kind of the proxy, I think, for a rebuild, it's the Braves. Um, but I think that the Phillies have maybe not stumbled upon, but the Phillies got a big boost with, um, like, Hoskins is pretty dang good. I mean, and he kind of came out of nowhere. I mean, not out of necessarily out of nowhere, but people were thinking, um, I'm blanking on his name. There was another first baseman in their organization that people were like, oh, who's better, Hoskins or this guy? And I can't. Uh, was it Tommy, Tommy Joseph? Joseph? No, it's not Tommy Joseph. There's another uh, white first baseman. Oh, Darren, Darren Ruff? No, no. And, it, yeah. and it's not Ruff. Um, but the guy hit really, really well. But uh, So I think that – oh, shoot, now I want to figure it out. Okay. Uh, so no, I think finding Hoskins and you know J.P. Crawford is a top prospect, and he hasn't done that good, so he could turn it on. Kingery looks pretty decent, so they definitely have that. But then they've got like a bunch of the guys they traded, like the Cole Hamels trade, like Ron Guzman, uh, not Ron Guzman, uh, Jorge Alfaro isn't that good? Doesn't look like, and I mean, uh, Odubel Herrera was kind of was young, but he's kind of not that good. So I definitely think the. I think at the MLB level, the Phillies are better. But at the like, who's going to be better four years from now? I, th- I think it's the Braves, if only because the Braves have a ton of pitchers. Um, and then you know, Mickey Moniak, their number one overall pick, the Phillies. He's not a bust, but he's not been good at all, and that's a big, big hit to a farm system if you whiff on the number one overall pick. Uh, n- normally, I mean, the Royals did okay, um, but. Yeah, I don't know. I think at the MLB level, the Phillies are. I was really, really surprised to see that the Phillies coughed up. Did they cough up two draft picks for Arietta and Santana? I think. Uh, yeah, I think that is right. Okay. Yes. Yeah, I mean that's surprising, but the, I mean same thing with um, uh, someone else just dumped a draft pick to sign. Uh, anyways, um, so I don't know. But I, I feel like that they. I think I feel like because the rebuild is kind of stuck in neutral. That they felt like they had to kind of jumpstart it with Santana and Arietta yeah, yeah. to kind of excite their fan base, and also I, this is kind of their let's trade for James, let's trade Will Myers for James Shields moment, you know? Like <laughs> yeah. this will get us into the playoffs, uh, and if you know Jeremy's right, they will. But uh, yeah, but I think I agree with you. I think the Braves because they the Braves have kind of done the rebuild the way you're supposed to do the rebuild, yeah. at least the way the Astros and Cubs right. kind of lay the blueprint, and and the fact that they have. The arms. I mean, the Phillies. I don't feel like their pitching staff, even at the major league level right now. Yeah. I, you know, after Arietta 
there's not a lot there to get excited about, and yeah. and there won't probably for a while. Yeah, Nola's, whereas the Braves, yeah, Nola's pretty good, but he's hurt a lot. Sixto Sanchez is kind of like their top pitching project, but he's, I mean, pretty far away. So no, I mean, I definitely the Braves have a pretty intimidating system. The Braves, I mean, with Acuna turning into Acuna, like he's probably going to be a monster, and that's that's like the ultimate example of let's sign a guy, let's just. Throw all of our, not throw all of our money. That's like the, um, there's no perfect way to scout and sign internationally, but I like the idea of like, let's just throw a bunch of, let's just throw money at a bunch of different guys. Forget trying to get Miguel Sano, you know, forget trying to get like the four or five million guys, Kevin, Kevin Maitan. Let's just throw, you know, $100,000 at 30 different guys and call it good. Um, and that's what Acuna kind of was. Um, and the, and the Royals great. almost right. got him. <laughs> it would have been great if he was a Royal. Um, yeah, but, came so close. Yeah. Okay. Um, it, it, it was Alex Cobb and the Orioles. I was surprised the Orioles coughed up a draft pick to get Alex Cobb. Um, the Orioles aren't going to be particularly good, um, but they don't care about their draft picks, period. They've been trading those things away, at least the comp picks, every single year. Um, and, and at least it was a long-term deal. Like I, Some of these, you know, like Lance Lynn for a one-year deal for the Twins, I'm like, Twins are gonna be good for a while. Why do you sign them to a one-year deal? Why yeah. don't you yeah. offer three years for them? Yeah. Uh, and maybe Lynn wasn't up for that, but um, you know, at least the Orioles will have Cobb, and I think it'll be pretty decent the next couple of years. So in the Central, um, I wish Sean Thornton was here to discuss the Brewers. I think all of us basically picked the Cubs, except for you, Max. You've got the Cardinals, and then Sean picked the Brewers. What do you like about the Cardinals? Uh, so they, I like their young pitchers. I think Jack Flaherty's gonna be pretty good. Uh, Marco Gonzalez is all right. Um, and they're just like the Cardinals. They're like the yeah. mystery development team that Always, just like yeah. produces random dudes off the street to become like Tommy Pham and Jose Martinez and Paul, Paul DeJong. De yeah. Matt Carpenter. Um, yeah, yeah. Yeah, Matt Carpenter. I mean, like they, they've got a solid team and they always seem to find guys to just kind of plug and play. And yeah. the biggest question right now is their bullpen. And I feel like, man, they're just, they got to sign Greg Holland. And yeah. I don't know why they're not doing it, but they're they're not doing it. Uh, but somehow they'll find a closer by Did, the end of the year, and I think they'll. Uh, Jose Martinez played for another team. Do you remember who whose system he was just in? <laughs> well, it was a number of teams. He bounced around for a while, but yes, he was with the Kansas City Royals a couple of seasons ago. Huh. And he right got he got beaten out. What was Ray Fuentes? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> oh, he Which was is, hitting 390 and he couldn't get on the major league roster. <laughs> and in all fairness, like I, you know, I poo pooed him. I was yeah. like, yeah, he's probably he's probably just a triple tri- tri- guy. Yeah, no, and he, I, you know, but he made some yeah. changes. I think he, I think he's a launch angle guy, if I remember correctly. Yeah. Um. So. Well, yeah. and it's a testament to their coaching staff. I mean, these guys aren't heralded prospects in the minors, and then they get to the Cardinals and they produce, and that's got to be coaching. I mean, it's got to be development and coaching. Uh, and and the Cardinals have it, and a lot of other teams just don't. Yeah, and the Cardinals, uh, just a testament to how kind of maybe good they are at development, uh, or you know at least finding these guys. I mean, Stephen Piscotty, they I think he what does he project as? That's I mean, he projects as a two win player. They just traded him away. You know, Randall Grychuk, kind of the same, pretty decent little guy. Uh, projects for yep two wins. Well, they just trade him away. You know, they've got other guys to fill that spot. Twenty six. Yeah. Uh, Grychuk will be twenty six. Piscotty will be what twenty seven. You know, kind of guys in their prime. Two win players in the prime. And we got other guys. 
you know, that's... Aldemus Diaz, who was an all-star like, yeah, right. recently. I mean, and then he had, you know, was probably a flawed player, but, yeah. you know, he's the kind of guy the Royals would probably keep for like six years, hoping he'd, you know, reclaim that magic. And yeah. the Cardinals are like, yeah, the Blue Jays want him, we'll give we'll it to e- you. Well, even Molina. I mean, Molina couldn't crack, you know, 90 WRC plus basically for all those, you know, through all of his mid-20s. And then all of a sudden, you know, he turns into a, you know, a 140 WRC uh, WRC plus hitter puts up six wins. So, yeah, I mean, I don't know. The Cardinals got something going right, apparently. Um, it must be. You know, obviously, they're hacking from the Astros. but uh, So, I think <laughs> then Brewers were kind of the middle. I picked the Cardinals as the second wild card, kind of the same thing Max said. Um, Jeremy, you've got the Brewers over the wild cards. Do you like anything about the Brewers or just kind of they were good last year and, you know, they added some pieces and everything? I, it's just basically they were good last year. I felt they were they were really close, yeah, and uh, a couple of their young guys should be a little bit better, I think. And and like you said, they added a couple of pieces. I just I feel like it's time. It's time yeah. for the Brewers to finally show up in the playoffs again. I think I definitely think that in the Central, I will be rooting for the Brewers, if only because Kane is on that team, and so is Yelich, uh, who I like a lot, and Eric Times. I mean. Uh, I, yeah, I definitely get what you're coming with there. I mean, if a couple, um, adding, you know, a couple three, one players in Kane and Yelich, I mean, that's, unfortunately, it, I think it kind of just got them, uh, you know, obviously got them better, but it wasn't enough necessarily. Um, but they definitely, you know, took a nice step forward. So yeah, I'm with you. I mean, they're in contention, I think at least for the wild card. And then, uh, yep. And kind of, hold on. Am I reading this right? Do... Do several of us have both wild cards coming from the central? Yeah, I think so. Yeah, uh, three people. of us. Yeah, a couple. Of, yeah. Okay. Well, no, almost no one picks uh, picks a wild card out of the east. So central and west oh, are going to produce. Yeah, that's right. You know, yeah. A lot of wild card spots. But, yeah. yeah, except for Jeremy. <laughs> um, okay. Phillies all the way. Yeah. Okay. Double Herrera. He's he's three win <laughs> player. Yeah. But You're he saying also... he's not that good. No, he's good. He's, but... he's going to carry him. He's going to lead him. It's going to be great. All right. Um, I, I'll have to write this down to remember to timestamp this to make fun of you next year. Uh, <laughs> okay, so, and then obviously in the East or the West, everybody chose the Dodgers. That was kind of, whoa, 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 whoa. Sean, <laughs> hold on. Hold on. Someone uh. did not pick the Dodgers. Max, who didn't pick the Dodgers to win the NL West? So I didn't. <laughs> so again, I'm being a little contrarian, but uh, they had a quiet off season, I thought, and I, I really like what the Diamondbacks are doing with the franchise. And I don't know. I, th- I feel like they've got a little mojo going, and I, I think it'll be a close race. Not Diamondbacks win like 94 games, Dodgers win 93. But I, I'll pick the Do- I'll pick the Diamondbacks to win the West. I think they're a good team. Okay, no, they're I- solid. Uh, yeah, at least you have the Dodgers, like, finishing second. You know, at least you're not like, oh, the Dodgers aren't going to be that good. You know, that's... The Dodgers have Matt Kemp in their starting lineup, so I don't know if they're quite as good as everyone makes them out to be. Yeah, but <laughs> look at the rest of their lineup, though. Like... They're, they're doing, <laughs> they do that same thing at least the last couple of years that the Cardinals were doing, where they just, uh, uh, here's a guy, he's suddenly worth two wins. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I feel like some of those guys will grow. Chris Taylor, is he for real? Yeah, I don't know. Yeah. Oh, well, even if Puig, he's not. Puig's going to cause some damage. And... Yeah, Justin Turner's hurt. I mean, he'll miss a bit. Yeah. But, 
you know, yeah, and then like, no, I'm with you. I I, I definitely think that. They, yeah, they're they're a really good team. Though. The no, Dodgers yeah. are a really good. Team. And there's some room for like questions because Kershaw's always hurt. I, I mean, obviously he's predicted for six wins, but he's been. Let me see. I'm pretty sure he's been hurt the past two years. I know he had his back injury. Yeah, he pitched 175 last year, which is still a lot. But then he pitched 149. Alex, Wood, Alex Woods hurt. Right. Yeah, Alex Woods hurt a lot. Rich Hill's hurt a lot. Rich Hill's so. And right. yeah, you know they've got a lot of depth, starters. Yeah. That, yeah, that's true. They do have a lot of depth. Yeah. Yeah. So. Okay. They're uh, they're a good team. No, no question about. It. And then Padres. So you guys don't think that Eric Hosmer is gonna take uh, take the express train to playoff field this year, huh? With the Padres. <laughs> not with the hot lava talent they have. Yeah. Not with that hot man. That's <laughs> that's still the most baffling move of all time. One of the most baffling moves I think of me that I think of all time, the signing Hosmer. Oh, him going, yeah, them signing Hosmer, right? Because yeah, I was saying he was going to go where the money was. No, I get that, but I'm saying yeah. them giving him eight one forty four and coughing up a draft pick for the right to do that. Ah, man, that's and on the back of Dave Cameron, like the biggest anti Hosmer advocate ever, like. What do you think? What do you think he's doing in their front office right now? Oh, he, oh he's trying to find doing in his cubicle. He's trying to find a loophole, an out clause in his contract with the Padres. <laughs> he's trying to figure out how I, you know, he's got buyer's remorse immediately. Um, okay, uh, so I think we'll skip through just the ALCS, NLCS. You guys already know all the players basically. Um, I think for the most part. Let's see. So I've got so Max, you've got the Indians over the Yankees to go to the World Series. So the Indians in the World Series. I've got the Yankees over the Astros, and Jeremy, you've got the Astros over the Yankees. So actually, we're all split on that. Um, Pretty much everyone picked the Yankees, Astros, or Indians in yeah, the ALCS. Yeah, definitely. No other teams. Definitely. Oh, those three teams. Some combination. Um. So going just right to the World, Series, and then I'll do the NLCS real quick. Uh. So Jeremy, you've got Dodgers over Cubs. I have Dodgers over Cubs as well. And then Max has got the Nationals over Dodgers, which, by the way, is impossible for the Nationals to beat the Dodgers in the NLCS because it will require the Dodgers to win a playoff series, which is never <laughs> happened and will probably never happen. It is mind-boggling how the Nationals have never won a playoff series. At, at, anyways, that just blows my yeah. mind. Um, so skip to the World Series. I've got the Dodgers winning. I picked them last year. Got close, um, but obviously they lost to the Astros. Max, again, has the na- the Nationals paradox going on, um, but has them. <laughs> it's over, their year. Over the Indians. And then uh, Jeremy's got the Dodgers as well. Um, I'll, st- I'll just defer to you guys on that because Jeremy, talk to me about the Dodgers. Max, talk to me about the Nationals. Uh, Jeremy, you think Dodgers just – that great or do you just kind of like the matchups i guess are they the best team in the nl so that kind of puts them into the world series and then you like them a bit or what are your thoughts with the dodgers i the dodgers i just look at them and they like i said they they're they're like the cardinals of the west they find guys to fill the holes whenever they have a hole here's another guy that can fill the hole here's another guy that can fill the hole they had so many injuries and they just kept filling the holes yeah and their front office just seems to be just amazing. They they sign the right guys, they make the right trades, everything. So I just I they they were really good. I don't see them being any worse. And Max, you've got uh, the Nationals. I mean, other than like I said, the Nationals paradox. Um, 
anything particular about them that you got? I mean, they're a good team, definitely. Um, but yeah, who, so like I, I've Dodgers? got the yeah I've got the Nationals over the Indians. So I, someone's getting a World Series drought ended this oh, year, yeah. I think. Um, but so it's the last year for Bryce Harper before he hits free agency. I feel like the franchise is going to pull out all the stops yeah, to make sure. sure they have postseason success. So emptying out the farm to fill any holes or get that extra edge they need. Um, I really like their team. I mean, Max Scherzer is probably the second best pitcher in the National League. Yeah. Um, I think Victor Robles is going to be a really good rookie for them this year in the outfield. I love, love, love Trey Turner. Yeah. Um, obviously, Bryce Harper, I think, is going to be one of the best players in the league. So, yeah, they're a really good team. And, yeah, I know they haven't won any playoff games. <laughs> um, and I'll be, you know, I'm a little prejudiced because I'm a – their Nats are my National League team. But, oh, yeah. Uh, uh, but yeah, I think this is their year. They've got to make it their year because yeah, yeah. they're not gonna. I don't think they're gonna re-sign Bryce Harper. <laughs> yeah. So uh, I'm kind of rooting they can do it this year while he's still on the team. But, is there uh, a scenario that they tr- trade Harper? I mean, if they're ten games ooh. under at the deadline, do you think they trade Harper? Man, it doesn't seem like in that division. Yeah. You know, it's so bad. It just doesn't seem like there's any way. But yeah. No. Um, no. I mean, yeah. No, I, I can't see it. I can't see it. I hope I I want that to happen if only because like they trade Harper to the Yankees. Oh my God, Twitter would die. <laughs> oh, trade Harper to the Yankees, and the Yankees would be the favorites to win. I mean, they're pretty. I hard. would die. Yeah, well, they're pretty close to the kind of favorites ish now. But okay, um, all right. And so let's. So there's a bunch of awards. Um, I think Patrick Brennan, God bless his heart, he picked Lorenzo Cain to win the NL MVP. That's <laughs> that's a pick, all right. Um, this is, I don't usually go contrarian, uh, because, uh, you know, I don't think you, we're not, we don't have like, like the NCAA bracket, you know, going contrarian helps because, you know, you get points and others don't, but I kind of actually try to stick with it, but I did go a bit contrarian on some of my mm-hmm. award picks just because, um, Max, I know you've got Goldie winning the NL MVP. I love Goldie. Is there anything you think particularly about him that you like? Um, uh, I mean, I just think because Arizona is going to have a good year, he'll fit like the narrative of, hey, the Diamondbacks best of the Dodgers. I think I think Bryce Harper is a really good MVP candidate. Mm-hmm. I think Chris Bryan, who a couple uh, Ryan Heffernan and Sterling Ice picked, I think that's a really good MVP candidate. Um, I think it'll probably be pretty good odds. It'll be one of those three guys in yeah. the National League. Maybe Clayton Kershaw. Yeah, or maybe uh, Arenado. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Arenado's a good pick too, but probably not Lorenzo Cain. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Jeremy and I, we both picked Bryce Harper. Um, Jeremy... You have got Jose Altuve repeating uh, in the AL. Yep. You I pepper in some I, thoughts, some knowledge. It would require me to have some thoughts, I guess. Uh. Uh, I just, I don't know. He he never gives up, and everybody else is picking Mike Trout. I hate to just pick what everyone else is picking. So hey, I yeah. went with Jose Altuve. I see a I see a Lindor pick there though, Max. That's a that's was that a contrarian kind of pick? Um, a little bit, but yeah. I mean, I think he's a good player, and I think uh, I think it's gonna be one of those things where like you know Trout uh, leads has a good team but not a great team, and people hold that against him for some reason. Whereas yeah. Lindor will have a really good team, and um, I yeah, it's probably a little contrarian though. I how think did, Trout's the best player in the league. How did nobody else pick Stanton other than me though? Like I thought that was an easy slam dunk for like, like the oh this is the hot pick right I mean, but don't you think his MVP vote is going to get split between him and Judge and probably even Sanchez? He's going to yeah. hit 115 home runs this year in Yankee Stadium. 
<laughs> I will take the yeah, over. Maybe. I'll take yeah. the over on 115. Uh, no, I, I get uh, yeah, I get that, but I don't know. I, I love Trout. Trout's still the best player in baseball, but I mean, man, I thought I thought Stanton has a good shot as far as like, I mean, big market. Yankees are good. He's gonna go insane there. Although watch him get hurt on the very first game. Um, <laughs> and then uh, yeah, I had Harper. Yeah, that's right. Jeremy and I both had Harper. Uh, Cy Young. Um, a lot of sales. I do like the couple Strowmans though. That's really interesting. Max, anything about Strowman? Yeah, I like. I've oh, I've been a big fan of Marcus Strowman ever since he was a Duke. Um, I guess the big concern with him is just health. But I think if he is healthy, then he's going to be one of the top pitchers. I feel like the top of the American League is kind of thinned out a little bit. Like I think Severino is really good. Who a couple yeah. people picked. Um, Sale, I'm a little skeptical of, but he's still a really good pitcher. Um, I think the Indians have. I almost went with Carlos Carrasco or Corey Kluber, just because I think the Indians have really good pitching. But yeah. um, I don't know. It's it's kind of a kind of a. I don't know if there's a slam dunk in the American League right now. Yeah, nobody picked Kluber. Okay, I I'm I'm surprised by that. Jeremy, I like Severino. Did you like something particular with that? What made you choose him? I don't remember. Oh, you were. You, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I don't remember. He was in a drunken him. stupor. Yeah. <laughs> I get you. All right, all right. He's he's been he's been really good, and uh, the only thing I can figure is I didn't want to go with Chris Sale. Yeah, I don't I don't believe in Corey Kluber back to back years. So has anybody? Uh, why not Severino? I wonder has anybody won a, who's back to back Cy Young awards? Uh, Randy Johnson. That's what I'm thinking. Might be like the. Surely Kershaw has. He won back to back ones. Let me see. I'm gonna I'm gonna solve it right now. Um, well, Scherzer, Scherzer, Scherzer lost two years. Yeah, yeah, okay. Kershaw's done it. Pedro yeah, there's a bunch of it. Kershaw. Kershaw did it three out of four, okay. including Clemens, twice in a row. Okay, yeah, Clemens did it twice. Palmer. Okay, okay. I thought it was a Tim, Timmy Lincecum. Oh yeah. Who's uh? Where did he sign with? He just signed it. Uh, Rangers. Rain, Rangers. Yeah, Rangers. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Oh yeah, Scherzer. Yeah, yeah. Duh. Okay. I I thought it was a little, little more rarer than that. Okay. Um, and then, uh, NL Cy Young, I mean, as you imagine, a lot of Kershaw's, he's easily the favorite. Um, and then Scherzer, and then I did like, Dugan chose Syndergaard, I kind of do like that, but I think Syndergaard's going to get hurt. Um, and then, uh, Sean Thornton, Jake DeGrom, that's, that's a really interesting one. Um, anybody have any, anything on DeGrom that they like, that they kind of like that pick at all? Or you guys just man, he's a he's a Mets pitcher. He's going to be on the disabled yeah, list by now. Yeah, let's be, let's be <laughs> real. On. You got There's a minimum <laughs> threshold needed to get that. Um, so okay. if you if you couldn't pick Kershaw, who would you pick? Uh, Scherzer. Scherzer. Yeah. If I couldn't Serena pick Scherzer or Kershaw, like the odds-on favorite, I don't know. Jeremy, who do you think? Uh, I would have to probably go to Syndergaard at that point. Yeah. Okay, I don't. That's a tough one. Maybe Bumgarner if I didn't know he was already hurt. Yeah, Max, who do you think you'd take uh, if you can't pick the two obvious candidates? Uh, yeah, I think I'd have to go Scherzer. I, I mean, I'm struggling to think who else Strasburg? would be. Yeah, Strasburg. I pick, I feel like much. I picked him a lot. I picked him a lot in the last couple of years, and he always yeah. kind of disappoints me. Yeah. Okay. Um, Quintana, yeah. mate. I mean, no, I don't. I mean, Quintana is just quietly good. I don't think he's splashy. Hey, he's he's never he's never good in the way that gets him any recognition at all. Just in the way that wins baseball games. Yeah. I who's do, who's kind of the young, sexy pitcher coming up right now? Like, 
That would, that would you take like a big step forward. I mean, Car- Carlos Martinez is kind of that a little bit. Oh yeah, um, that's a good. Pick. John, uh, maybe John Gray, Jameson Tyon. Um, that's really the kind of guys I can think of. Uh, obviously, well, in the AL, Otani. Um, mm-hmm. I just want to throw my favorite Quintana stat out there. Uh, for one, two, th- <clears throat> three straight years, he finished with nine wins, and then. It took him until basically his one two his fourth year in the majors to get to ten wins, and he got thirteen, and then he just had eleven wins last year. So the most he's ever won is thirteen games in a season. Wins are meaningless, but he is <laughs> one of the best pitchers in baseball, and he's thrown two hundred innings basically every season he's you know pitched, and he has never cracked more than thirteen wins. He's barely broke even. This is the first time he's ever had a winning record. Was uh, two thousand sixteen. So. And he doesn't have the will to win. 13 and 12. Yeah, 13 and 12. Yeah, barely scraped it. And, he, well, of course, being on the White Sox the past few years doesn't help. Yeah. Um, but he was 7 and 3 with the Cubs, so I think that's going to change. Um, okay. And so for the final two categories, uh, Rookie of the Year, I thought this was really tough. If only because, like, the AL, other than Otani, and I kind of didn't want to pick Otani. I don't know. The AL doesn't really have that many good choices outside of Otani, right? Am I crazy yeah. here? Yeah, I think you're right. I, I I kind of struggled with that too, and I was like, well, I could go with Otani, but um, I don't think I I have a prejudice against pitchers for rookie of the year. I, I feel like they don't win it as much as hitters. I could be wrong about that, but um, but I went with Willie. What's that? But he's both. Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. So maybe he gets a little bump for that. Um, I went with Willie Calhoun like for the that. Rangers just because. You know, he, I liked him a lot as a Dodgers prospect. I think yeah. he's got some good pop. Um, he had a pretty good spring. I think he's going to start the year in the minors, but I expect him to be up in the up with the big leagues pretty soon. Yeah. Um, After he's worked so, on his so, defense, some. Yeah, well, yeah. Just, Nothing he, to do with the service time. Yeah. He but, was. Uh, second, yeah, I think there's a lot of good picks out there. He was a second baseman, and he's got good contact skills. That's definitely my kind of guy. I know that <laughs> it was either Eric Longenhagen or Kyle McDaniel. McDaniel. Um, said that Calhoun could easily be a 300, 400, 500 triple slash guy. Um, he's he's a very, very good hitter. Um, and then, uh, Jeremy, you went with Otani. Just, do you like him, or is he just kind of the best of the rookies, you think? I am terrible at identifying. I, I Prospects mystify me. I don't know. I never. I'm always clueless, and I was like, "Ah, Shohei Otani. Everybody talks about him. He's yeah. the big deal. I'll go yeah. with him." Okay. He's the only one on this list that was profiled in 60 minutes. So, <laughs> <laughs> uh, I went. I went the contrarian with just uh, Willie Adames. I mean, I don't really think he's going to be that good, but I didn't want to pick Otani, um, and so I don't know. That was kind of just the closest. Tell, tell me about him because I've seen a lot of people kind of eye on him. Um, but I, I, don't, I know he's in the. David Price trade a couple years ago. I don't really know much about him other than that. Yeah, uh, he's kind of a power guy with some, with stro- I mean, shortstop. That's like not a great shortstop. I think the Rays have kind of embraced this idea of like we don't really care about shortstop def- defense. And I think I kind of agree a little bit where it's the sense of like shortstops and catchers. They automatically get a leg up. They automatically get spotted twelve. You know. 12, 10 and a half, 15 runs, whatever it is, they get a nice big boost just for having their name on the lineup card being written as a shortstop or written as a catcher. So even if they're an awful shortstop, that's 
sometimes better than being a good second baseman from a run value standpoint. Um, mm-hmm. And so I think that Enadame's isn't that he's. I mean, he probably would fit better like third um, or second, but um, really good power, strikes out a bunch. Maybe not a bunch, but definitely has some strikeout issues. Definitely will be some strikeout issues in the majors, but also walks a lot. So, um, yeah, I mean, he's he's 22, I think. Um, so he's definitely got some growing pains. But, yeah, he was just kind of my choice of, okay, I think he's probably going to get some time in the majors this year. Um, so we'll just see. But he was contrarian kind of for me. So, okay, and then in the NL, um, I chose uh, Nick Sinzel. Um, Max might need to look at the spreadsheet on there. Um, <laughs> so I chose, yeah, there you go. I'm watching you update it as we speak. Uh, that was Chris. Yeah, I chose Nick Sinzel. I got to learn the rookies. It's, yeah, he's uh, the Reds pick um, out of, uh, and I'm blanking on the dang college you went to, but it's red is the team colors. Um and so, uh, no, Tennessee. Um, and so I like him. Yeah, I think he's one of the best hitting prospects in the minors easily. He's also second baseman. Um, and so I like him a lot, and I think he's going to be up. Um, Max, you've got Scott Kingery, recently now multimillionaire Scott Kingery. What do you like about him? Anything? Yeah. Well, I think he's just going to be like the, the guy that like sports writers love because he's gritty and gamey and – He's, you're going to be sick of the Dustin Pedroia comparisons by the middle of the year, and, <laughs> yeah. but you know I think he's a really good player. I think he's got good pop for a second baseman, um, and and will be a, he'll get a lot of playing time. Which when you're looking for rookies of the years, I mean that's one of the big <laughs> big things you need to do is actually just play a lot. Um, yeah, Ronald Acuna is probably the best talent. Yeah, uh, I don't know how long they're going to keep him down in the minors though, um, and uh, and I. <laughs> He wears his hat crooked. I don't know if that's gonna, you know, best, you know, sway some sports writers that you know don't like, you know, this this kid wearing his hat crooked. But it'll probably be between Kingery and, and Acuna in my mind. I mean, there's other good rookies out there. Senzel is really good. Like I said, Victor Robles, I really like with Washington. There's yeah. there, there's a lot of good candidates in the National yeah. League. I think I would have gone Acuna. I would definitely would have gone Acuna if I didn't want to just pick the non-obvious. I mean, it, the obvious candidate is Acuna. The guy looks like he's going to be really really great. Um, Vlad, we were talking about before the podcast. Vlad Jr. actually kind of, big, kind of would be kind of a fun AL pick. I don't know mm-hmm. if he actually gets any time in the majors, but if he did, he seems like he could be decent. Um, Jeremy, you went with Ron Acuna. Just, I mean, just based off of everything we know, right? No, no surprise. Yeah, I, Acuna. I don't, I don't, uh, I don't try to look very far afield when it comes to to rookie of the year because I just don't know enough about prospects. Right, yeah, but uh, but I mean, you you actually felt good with the right. Acuna wasn't just like, oh, everybody thinks it's going to be him. I mean, you kind of agree that Acuna looks like he's going to be pretty dang good for the most part. Yeah, I mean, you know yeah, what, you know what team <laughs> you know what team he plays for? Yeah, he plays for Atlanta. <laughs> okay. I, I knew that much. Okay, he uh, he just he had the really good spring to the point that the the stories were all about the you know that they're gaming the system again and yeah. and it worked out really well for Chris Bryant, uh, rookie of the year a couple years yeah. ago. That's true. <clears throat> okay. So I, I it, based on that and then the the number one overall ranking and and all that stuff and the Royals missed him so it would be just like the Royals to yeah. just miss. Like a rookie who just explodes, so missed him by like probably only ten thousand bucks or something like that. Yeah. I mean, a very small amount. A hot tub, 
for David Glass. Um, I think it was also like a timing thing. Like the Braves just got back to him quicker, and he was like, he's like, okay, I'll sign. And the Royals just didn't even get a chance to up their offer. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So that wrapped up basically everything. I I think we talked about talking about some other stuff, but we've run a little little long here, and we've talked about pretty good chunk of stuff. So um, anything we missed? Anything you guys want to cover in the short time left? Uh. I mean, well, I guess we'll know more about the roster. They have, still haven't announced the oh, roster. Yes. I guess I imagine they'll do that just before game time. I don't, yeah. I don't, yeah, I don't know when they'll, they'll announce the roster. It sounds like they're going to carry 20 relievers, I think, and just like five <laughs> position players. Yeah. Uh, no, they're going to carry a lot of relief pitchers uh, in an effort to maintain their inventory. Um, but I, I would expect a lot of roster shuffling in April. Like there's yeah. going to be guys mm-hmm. coming in and out from Omaha. But, uh, yeah, well, I, we can talk more about that when uh, – we have a roster. Birch Smith, have, have they said whether or not he's on the roster? So they haven't said anything. They haven't said anything, and the beat writers haven't said anything. Um, Royals make... Farm Report had a – they have, I guess, an inside source uh-huh. that kind of laid out who was making the team, and Birch Smith was not on that list. Mm. So that, uh, that makes me think that the Royals – are trying really hard to work out a deal to to keep him in the minor leagues, and they don't want to announce anything until they've figured out if they can accomplish that or not. Yeah, I hope so because he's. I think the upside with him is pretty great because, and I know he's twenty seven, but he throws in the high nineties. He he struck out a ton of guys in spring training. Mm-hmm. He also walked a ton of guys. <laughs> I feel like you know he. We need it. We need another Josh Stomont, right? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, but if, you know if you can get him to throw strikes at all. I mean, I think it could be a pretty valuable trade piece at some point. Oh, absolutely, yeah. No, I'm all got, for I'm all for keeping yeah. him. Absolutely. He's definitely got more upside than like Blaine Boyer or uh, <laughs> or even like Ryan Flynn, who I think you could probably he's out of options, but I think you could probably he he'd clear waivers at this point. He's not some hot prospect or anything. So I don't know. Like, well, I'm not going to rip them apart for the roster decisions yet because we don't know what they're yeah. going to you know what's out there, what what's what the final decisions are made. But I would like to keep Bert Smith on the roster. Oh, definitely. I think we also need to give a shout out to um, Royals Farm Report uh, on Twitter's at Royals Farm uh, to wait. I think well, I guess two thirds, sixty six percent of the Royals Farm Report staff is also on our staff. Um, Alex, <laughs> Alex Duvall, and Patrick Brennan. I think there's someone else on there. I'm going to feel so so bad. Uh, uh, Drew Osborne. I yes, Drew. That's right. Drew. Drew. Yes. Yes. Uh, Drew's. Yeah, you know, they do. They do really good work. They do very extensive minor league. Yes. Um, and uh, coverage. And they. Have I feel like. I feel like good. Good coverage too. Yeah. 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 They have they been other stuff. Mining the heck out of hot tips, right? I mean, they've been coming up with like legit like roster move scoops. Yeah. 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 I feel and I feel like like. We're at a really good like if you like the Royals, there's like yeah. lots of really good coverage right now. You got the, you know, the star, but you also have Rustin Dodd at the Athletic now, yeah. and you've got Jeffrey Flanagan. You've got uh, you know the guys at Baseball Perspectives of Kansas City, and and now Royals Farm Report, and of course us. And um, yeah, I mean, there's there's lots of great places to go for information now. Yep. Um. And so now I just oh yes, Bert Smith. Uh, I definitely would like to keep him. So we've got roster stuff that yeah. Everything's usually still iffy for now. I am waiting on all the DL moves to be made. That way my fantasy team can actually <laughs> get in place because I hate that they wait till the last day to do it. But anyways, um, Jeremy, anything else that you can think of? Odubel Herrera, market. <laughs> hmm. 
Okay. Um, we'll have to. What? What is? How much are you going to gloat when the Phillies make the playoffs? I, I, I haven't stopped gloating about Mike Mustakis breaking the home run record yet. So oh, I'll let yeah, you know when I stop right. gloating about that. Okay. All right. All right. Um, I've got nothing other than that. Um, yeah. So opening day two days away um oh boy you're gonna be there sean no i won't i all of my years maybe not okay so two years my two years working for the royals i saw enough games for my whole lifetime um been to several opening days i just i at this point like watching baseball regular season baseball at home um, just because I can watch other games, you know, I like it. I, I enjoy a little bit more of that atmosphere, uh, personally. Um, and then I'll go to playoff games, but you know, the Royals need to be in the playoffs again. So, um, you, you neither one of you guys are going, right? Obviously, Jeremy, you're not going. Oh, no. <laughs> Jeremy does not. I'll, hey, I'll be there. Jeremy lives I'll be there Thursday. In, yeah. Savannah, Georgia still, right, Jeremy? No, um, I'm over closer to Atlanta. Ah, that's right. Okay. Sorry. Um, that's okay. So, so he will be going to I the wanna... Braves. Opening day. He probably not. Have you been to? I went there. Yeah, I you... went to their stadium uh, the last year it, the of the old stadium. Oh, I went there because they had that burger eats, and I was like, "What? I got to try that." And they they lied because it was it was supposed <laughs> to be the giant burger between two pizzas, but the bottom pizza was just the crust. There was no cheese or sauce or anything <laughs> on it. What, I was what... so disappointed. Um, someone, so the MLB is doing all like the stadium food tour thing they did in New York. Oh, Jake Arrieta made a case for himself oh in 20. 20- Autoplay videos are the worst. Um, someone had like the worst one. Let's see. It was just basically a cheeseburger. Ah, I can't think of who it is. Jake Arrieta made a case for himself <laughs> oh, in yeah, 2015, no, a, won the Cy Young. Doing, doing like a food, fan food fest, a, royal, a baseball fan a food fest. With each team represented by one meal, and like the Rockies, I think just basically just you know, Kansas City had some brisket, and like you know, Tampa had like fish, and you know, from local to the region, Colorado had a burger. Yeah, <laughs> like, yeah. Come on, guys. Cheeseburger with pickles. They're like and fries well, they, on the side. You gotta you yeah. gotta understand that Colorado is uh, all the food is just getting eaten as quickly as yeah. they possibly can. Yeah. Man. <laughs> okay. Um. So I was just thinking about that. Yeah, the Royals have got some. What did the? I forget what they did. Oh yeah, the pork belly mac and cheese. That's something, all right. Oh, I will actually be going to the Yankees Royals Yankees game for my girlfriend's brother's uh, birthday. So that's probably the only game I'll attend this year. Do you, do you take the kids out much, Max? To get yeah, they I know love... it's not cheap, but. The oldest one loves baseball now, and the the second the middle child. Is he's just turned seven? He's finally an age where he kind of gets it now, and um, yeah, he, he enjoys going to games now. It's, yeah, it's expensive though. It's you can't get and you can't go to like weekday games because it's uh, school night. But yeah, they love going. Yeah, Jeremy, do you get out to many games? At least like I know you're not in Kansas City that much, but maybe when if when you ever are, have you gone to many or where do you usually go? Um, when I lived in Kansas City, I went to a bunch of games because they were cheap back then. Oh yeah, and, and then the donuts and everything. So that was a good time. Um, but I, I've ever since I moved away from Kansas City, I've only been to the one game, and that was that was the Burger Eats fail game. 
of uh, 2016. Nah, all right. Okay, well, like we said, um, baseball is about to really get kicking in, and obviously we'll have a bunch more um, podcasts kind of along the way. Hopefully it's a good season for the Royals. I know that good um, has a bunch of different meanings this year, but let's do real quick before we finally wrap up. What's a good season for each one of you guys for the Royals? I mean, a good season, I think, is just Jorge Soler and Jorge Bonifacio when he gets back. Uh, Jacob Junis playing well. Maybe a couple of relievers up from the farm pitching better than expected. And really, a couple of guys, I mean, really, you almost have to keep an eye on the minors more because they need, like, a couple of, like, Suli Matias yeah. or Khalil Lee or, you know, someone else coming becoming a top 100 prospect. And that's that's what's going to be a – I'd rather – win 70 games and have, you know, Bonifacio and Soler and uh, Junis pitch well, uh, and then, like, winning 78 games, but all those guys play poorly, and it's like Lucas Duda carries a team, and Mike Moustakas, and, <laughs> um, you know, so, yeah, I don't think win, wins and losses will be the judge of yeah. the success for the season. Jeremy? I want to see one actually young player break out. That, that if you if I see one one player who's actually young, just like put up a really good season, then that's a success for me. Okay. Now, who's uh, who's see, your who's likeliest candidate? Uh, at this point, just based on uh, on the ages of the guys and where they are in the system, uh, probably Jorge Soler. He's he's my guy. If he breaks out this year, I'll think it's a success. Especially and then I would especially like it if, like you said, everybody else, you know, was at least solid. Yeah, not break out with like, uh, like <clears throat> pimples and stuff. Though you're talking like, no. <laughs> okay. I want to I want to see like a, a, a at least a three win, but maybe a, a four or five win season from somebody. And Sean, I assume you you'll judge this season by how well Chase Velo does. <laughs> oh, that's the gold standard for any. No, um, successful season for me would truly would actually be the Royals full on embracing the um, the sell mode, the rebuild, and trading away everybody, and then restocking the farm system, and then yeah, a lot of the I mean, clearly doing something about his strikeout issues, and maybe you know sticking in center, hitting well in high A, where I think he's probably going to go. Um, you know, uh, Prado hitting for some power. Velo, you know, doing well in double A. Um, Lovelady getting time in the majors. Uh, you know, all sorts of stuff like that. I, Yeah, I mean, I'm really, I, I'm always going to watch and spend a bunch of time watching the major league team, but there's a lot of stuff in the minor leagues that I'm watching for that I think are going to be very important too, obviously, to, to see kind of what happens there. So I need I need Khalil Lee to not be that good so my list looks good, but <laughs> deep down I you know I, I do want it to, to do well. So okay, so basically uh, that's it for now. Um, we've got opening day coming up. Um, stick through obviously on Thursday. Um, this will probably drop on opening day. Um, there's going to be a ton of stuff going on. We're going to have a ton of different threads, opening day threads. I'm sure we'll have a lineup thread. We'll have a bunch going on. Um, we'll take a break on Friday, you know, just take a breather and then continue. Baseball is about to start. Um, Max, thank you for coming on. Um, Max, you can always follow him on Twitter at Max Reaper is the full thing. M-A-X-R-I-E-P-R. Max, thank you. 
Thanks a lot. And then we've got uh, Jeremy, or Hokaius, um, who is Hokaius on the site, but we all deep down know him as Jeremy. And you can find him on Twitter as well as Hokaius, H-O-K-I-U-S. Jeremy mm-hmm. Hokaius, thank you. Thanks for having me. And then I'm your usual co-host, Sean Newkirk here. Um, you can find me on Twitter, uh, S-H-A-U-N-C-O-R-E, Sean Core. Um, as always, thanks for listening. Thanks for reading the site. And um, have many, uh, many good days.